Welcome to Funding Quest, where our quest is to help you find the best funding for your business. I'm your host, Byron Allen, and today I'm back with Leslie Agassim to continue our conversation on hard money loans. Les has over 30 years experience in the lending industry, which has led to many stories about what to do and what not to do when seeking funding. Today, Les shares some of those experiences with us to outline how to successfully get the business financing you need for your business. So Les, you've been doing this for a long time. I know you've seen all sorts of interesting lending situations. Would you mind sharing a few, perhaps of the more interesting ones that you've experienced? Not, not a problem, Byron. So uh, when we first got into the industry, of course, we thought that all appraisers had one foot in heaven. Sorry, appraisers. That all borrowers were thousand uh, percent, you know, with with all the responses on a piece of paper. And we basically found it the hard way that uh, that was not the case. I don't want to start off on a negative note, but uh, let's just say that we learned early on that uh, there was a foreclosure process. And sometimes it might take six months or a year to actually get, get paid back your money and you had to go to court, much to everyone's chagrin, et cetera, et cetera. But one particular foreclosure story is kind of a good one, that which I, I do want to share with you in the group, which in 1989, uh, we had made a loan on a single family house. Now in that era, you were allowed to make private or hard money loans on single families that people lived in. Subsequently, they changed the law and they came up with something called Section 32 and Part 41 here in New York, which precluded you from actually making a residential loan to someone who's a homeowner. You can do it against commercial properties. You can do it against uh, non-owner occupied like uh, construction and things like that. But uh, to, today, the hard money is basically, you know, there's yields and things like that that you can't go over. But we had one foreclosure where we had lent a woman uh, in a house in Jamaica, Queens, uh, alone. And uh, I'm going to make up the numbers, but let's just say the value of the house was about 500000 We did $250,000 loan. We did that in 1989. The woman didn't pay us. We had a foreclosure. And we basically went to a foreclosure company that took three years only to have botched the job and not foreclosed on her. We took it to another foreclosure company. That took another three years and botched the job and third foreclosure company had the same situation. Now, these are pretty easy foreclosures. And this went on and on for a period of years. And then eventually it got to a judge, you know, three or four postponements later, we eventually won the case. And uh, the case settled up in 2002. So that is a 13 year period from when we made the loan till the time that we actually got paid back on the loan. Now, in that particular loan, we had three or four private investors who were the investors in the loan. So you can imagine what they must have thought of us 13 years later, telling, well, it'll be any day now, it's in foreclosure, you get your money back, don't worry. 13 years later, they not only got their money back, but they got 18% return of their money. And we went from being what I call the biggest bums to the biggest heroes, because it obviously turned out to be something good, but I don't think anyone wants to tie their money up for 14 years. So, uh, but that certainly is, is a one very interesting, funny story. Now, through the years, we've made loans on many property types. You know, most, most people don't, but we had a chicken coop in Atlanta, Georgia, we made a loan on. We had in Detroit, 
in the you know the worst period of time uh, when the you know ghetto was not great. We we had uh, one of our loan one of our borrowers on fifty ten thousand dollar homes. So we certainly have you know done very very unique uh, loans through the years. Another interesting story, and Byron, you, you know your company will appreciate this. Obviously, everyone has someone to answer to in the in the lending business. Meaning on the lending side. Maybe the public thinks that, well, this is all Byron's money and he's lending it to people, but it really isn't. It's your insurance company's money and you're regulated. And once a year or whatever, there's an audit. People actually come in, look at the books, make sure you're doing things honorably, et cetera, et cetera. So during our private many uh, days, we, we did the private money many different ways. And some of the ways to share, I don't want to get too technical, but you have bank lines of credit. You securitize. You close and sell the loan, you white label the loan, and on and on. The investors or lenders have pools of money from the teacher's fund and things like that that the money's used to, to, to lend out again. So there's many different ways that you get your money. For years, we've probably done it all. But at one point in time, we uh, were ready to make a loan at three o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, we get a call from the bank that's holding our line of credit and say, hi, how are you? The banker says to me, Les, I got great news for us. What's that? He says, I just want to let you know we're pulling your line. I said, well, does pulling your line mean that we can't pull down the bank line for the three o'clock uh, closing? That is correct. So we're scrambling around like crazy. We only have two hours. We eventually get a private investor to put the money up to close the loan. So we're not totally embarrassed that the loan doesn't close. But as luck would have it, there was a convention in town and the bank was actually showing at that convention. So um, I was at the Javits Center, one of the big uh, convention places here in New York. So to enter the convention costs about $5,000. So we were not going to spend $5,000 to enter the convention to find the bank line of credit lender. We waited like a groupies outside the convention until the lender comes out to plead our case, to reinstate our line. We don't know why you would do it and this, that, and the other thing. We eventually saw the guy. And I might add, they did not reinstate the line. <laughs> but another moment in, in the lending business. So it all looks easy. It is not as easy as, as everyone might, might, might think. They just wanted to quick stories. Um, we made another loan in New Jersey years and years ago. And many times lenders do what they call site inspections where over and above an appraisal, they'll go down to the property, and this was a house at that particular time, to check the, uh, uh, the property out. So we, we went down to the property and we get in, and it was a good loan, you know, worth about maybe a million dollars, they were asking for 500,000, it was a very good loan. And the bar had decent credit or whatever, but we're gonna do a site inspection, we go in the house, and on the floor as we enter the house, there was approximately 30 machine guns. So, so, we see these machine guns on the floor. And although on paper, the loan looked very good, the, the inspector comes back, we discuss it. And our bookkeeper at that time was one of these hard-nosed, impossible person. And we said to ourselves, if this bookkeeper starts harassing this guy and he has all these guns on the floor, this might not be a good moment. We ended up not, not doing that loan. <laughs> Might have been a very dangerous loan, but that that was another mo moment in uh, in lending history. Uh, that, that brings the term borrower risk at a whole different level, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. Well, one last one, and I can go on for you know the next hour. But one last one, very interesting. So we ended up taking back a property, 
And a buddy of mine was in Westchester where the property was. And I'm speaking to him. I said, Mike, you know something? We just took this property back. Why don't you go up? We're, we're trying to sell it. Uh, why don't you go take a look? And if you like it, you, you, you buy it from us. You know, we obviously, the loan was about half the value of the property. So there's plenty of equity in it. Be good for you. So Mike goes over to the property and I get a call back from him. He said, Les, there's no property here. I said, what are you talking about? This is the address. You must be at the wrong address. Calls back a minute or two later. No, no, I'm at the right address. What had happened is a church next door had bulldozed our property and taken over the property. So the, 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 the structure that was on the property did not exist anymore. Now, thank goodness we still had title insurance. So we ended up getting back on the property. But that could have been another very poor moment in the Trevor Cole history that we didn't do so well. But as it happens, we did have title insurance and we got paid back. But the church had actually done that, bulldozed the property, taken over the, the property that was ours and uh, was using it. Let me put it to you that way. Wow. Wow. That's that's a first. I haven't ever heard of a neighboring property bulldozing a property. And that is a true story. So anyway, I just wanted to maybe end on my side, Byron, unless you had another question. Any other questions on your side, first of all? If not, I, I'd like to maybe talk with people how to succeed in this fun industry that you've just heard all about. Please, please. So, you know, basically, as I just explained, you need knowledge and you need experience. It all looks very easy. None of this is easy. You know, any, any field is tough. And this is just like any other field. You've got to learn your trade. You've got to spend time. You've got to take a couple of hits, as I explained to you, we have. And hopefully you, you learn by your mistakes and you come back stronger. Another thing that I'd recommend to people would be to take a course. A gentleman named George Blackburn, who runs a, one of the largest independent websites for lending companies, has a great underwriting course. And I think anyone who's newish to this business or anyone who's been in this business a number of years should take that course. It is a great course. It is a, a great way to learn the industry. Uh, I took the course, uh, you know, very early on. And uh, uh, to me, it's been much to my good and I, and I would recommend it to others. Another thing in the industry, you have to have what is called a big pipeline. Unfortunately, as we all in the industry understand, every loan doesn't close. Issues come up. There are title issues, the value of the appraisal comes in lower, the borrower's credit wasn't what you were expecting it to be, and on and on and on and on. So to be successful in this, this industry, you need, it's what I call a big pipeline. A pipeline means a lot of loans in your pipeline because some of them absolutely are not going to close. Borrower changes his mind, doesn't want to take the loan. Borrower goes to his local bank and takes his loan, no matter how much time you spent on him and thought you were closing his loan and on and on. And lastly, you have to, what I call, keep, you must try. You, you've got to, you know, as Wayne Gretzky once said, the famous hockey players, he missed this 100% of the shots he never took. You've got to keep trying, you got to keep working and, and keep trying. You, you really have to keep going. And then lastly, you, you have to hope for a kiss of success for the man or woman upstairs. And if you have all that, you're going to be successful in this industry. Excellent. Wonderful. That, that's great. Great advice. Now, on that topic, uh, along that, similarly, uh, from a perspective of the borrower, the small business owner that's looking for uh, the financing and, and maybe in a situation where hard money or private money lending might be what they need, what would you recommend their tools or tips for success would be in, in applying for and, and getting a loan? 
Yeah. So, you know, first of all, I think uh, determine which direction you want to go, meaning don't go to a private lender because I want 2% rate. It's not going to exist. You're going to be wasting your time and the like. Number two, uh, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of charlatans out there. These are people that, you know, just are very difficult or are not necessarily going to close your loan. So you definitely want to do some research on the companies you're dealing with. Couple of different ways to do research would be the following. One would be to get references. Two would be to uh, basically maybe what is called proof of funds, prove up that that uh, institution or private investor can actually have some money to close your loan. The third thing to do would be to, if it's a big enough loan, I'd hop on a plane and fly to their corporate offices and uh, meet them, see who you're dealing with face-to-face. Maybe do a Zoom call if it's a smaller loan, it, it just does, doesn't pay to do it. But I think it's very important that you meet the people that you're dealing with because you know, those are the people that you're going to be spending money with. You're going to be getting appraisals that you have to pay for. You're going to be getting environmentals. You're going to be paying for title insurance. You're going to be paying for lawyers at closing. So all of that is money that potentially you're going to have to lay out. And what you don't want to do is be in the wrong hands. So to me, those would be some of the things I'd be looking for. The other part of it would be, obviously, there are many different type of areas in private money, as we said earlier. There's the private guy who might be charging 10 or 12% interest. There's the life insurance company or the finance company that might be eight or 9% interest. And there's even some private people that are five, six and 7% interest. You wanna seek those out so that you understand, you know, what's out there on your behalf. And then lastly, using a mortgage broker in private money, I think is a very smart move because generally the banks are in the public domain although they are very difficult to deal with, even being in the public domain. But private people are obscure. You're not going to know who the best private person for you. So certainly using a mortgage broker who's knowledgeable would be a great way to save time and money and accomplish what you're looking to do. Excellent advice. Excellent. Thank you very much, Les. That's, this has been phenomenal. I've, I've really appreciated it. You've shed some light on things I hadn't even realized before. And I, I learned things. Hopefully our audience has learned several things today as well. And, and speaking of working with a qualified, experienced person, uh, I'm going to share your contact information. We'll have it in the show notes as well, but um, people can reach out to you. Tell me if I have this right, Les. Uh, we've got your email is LA, your initials for Leslie Agassim, LA at Trevor, T-R-E-V-O-R, Cole, C-O-L-E, commercial.com. Is that correct? That is correct. Excellent. All right. And your website is trevorcolect.com for Trevor Cole, Connecticut. And uh, your phone, you have a Connecticut phone number and a New York phone number. So your Connecticut phone number is 203-359-5707. And your New York phone number is 212-634-6447. And that's extension 2156. Is that correct? That is correct. There's my recommendation to anyone uh, that wants to tap that experienced lending professional that has seen a lot and can can help help answer a business owner's questions. They're welcome to reach out to you and and you'll you'll guide them along, right? <laughs> we, we welcome uh, you know we welcome all. So you know, thank you, Byron, for sharing that information. And maybe I can give one back that uh, those who uh, you know, feel that they're, you know, they don't want to pay hard, hard money. Those who feel that they maybe aren't going to qualify or don't want to go through the 
full documentation that can be torturous, but certainly at the end pay off, as people might or might not be aware, Byron's company is what I would call a not so hard money company themselves, and certainly would be someone that you all might consider speaking with, of course, through Trevor Cole, but definitely speaking with either the independent of us or Wonderful. Well, thank you. Les, this has been phenomenal. I really appreciate your time and you sharing your experience with our audience as well. So thank you very much. Uh, Thank you for inviting me, Byron. Appreciate it. All the best, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. In this episode, Les shared some insightful stories of some of the things that he's seen while in the field for his 30-year career. I think it's important to remember that the lending process is not always perfect. His story shed light into how the funding of businesses really works. Most importantly, Les reminds us that you need knowledge and experience to succeed. You have to learn your trade and learn from your mistakes to find success. If you're starting out, take the time to learn what you can. It will only set you up to achieve the things you want even more. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, we wish you success in your quest for funding your business.